You're listening to the No Name Photo Show. It's not spouse approved. It may or may not be safe for work. We'll see. And now here's your host, Brian Matias, and me, Sharky James. So, Brian, here we are, episode 31. We have undrisen. No, that doesn't sound right, but it is. We have undrisen tuppled our episode output. It's not untrisen tuppled. What did I say? You said undrisen tuppled. So I, it was wrong. Okay. <laughs> we have untrisen tuppled our episode output. You're supposed to be the world's expert in tuples now. I know. And uh, I don't know why I said undrisen tuppled. That's why as soon as I said, it, I was like, wait a second. It's one of those things where my eyes were looking at the T, but in my mind, it was a D. It's always a D in your mind. So that's right. <laughs> D for diploma. <laughs> Here all week. Anyhow, yeah. I'm sure this is absolutely fascinating to people. So right. why don't you tell them and me what's on today's show? Sure. So we've got two different topics today, kind of, you know, we the past few episodes we've had an overarching theme. We're going to deviate this time. But uh, the first story is I noticed uh, this week, maybe the past two weeks, there's been a spate of mobile photography accessories that have been coming out. Uh, one from a filter company called uh, Nisi, N-I-S-I, and the other one from Moment, which uh, has been around for a little bit, and they're known for their uh, little lenses that you can screw onto a proprietary case that connects to your iPhone. So I, w- I want to talk to you about that, Sharky, and you, clearly these companies are still investing money uh, in these products. Is that something that, you know, are we missing something? You know, <laughs> you have your D850, I've got my A7R3 and A9, like, should we just get our iPhones and call it a day. And then uh, the second topic is I noticed this uh, actually from DIYphotography.net a couple of days ago, and then I guess uh, F-Stoppers decided to take their own riff on it. But uh, the DIY photography, the first article I saw, the title was, Do Photographers Really Still Need a Website in 2018? And then uh, more kind of succinctly, F-Stoppers title is called, Should Photographers Have a Blog? So I want to talk to you about that as well, because I think it's it's timely. It's still very relevant. And I don't know that we've necessarily covered this before. So, Sharky, how are you doing? Why do you always ask me this, Brian? It's not like we don't talk before the episode. Well, because, you know, I get an opportunity to ask you that, but maybe the audience wants to know, like those who don't always listen to the Petapixel Photography Podcast, they want to know, hey, how's Sharky doing? Hey, they can listen twice a week and find out, right? That's true. Or follow me on social media, et cetera. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Hey, why don't you dispense with the nonsense and let's get into the first topic. Let's do it. Sharky, you have an iPhone. I know you do. But do you have you or let me rephrase. Have you ever used it like gone out on a shoot and just used your mobile phone uh, for the photos? Like, you know what? I'm just going to wing it and go with my phone. Um, or is it one of those things that always kind of plays second fiddle to your camera? I don't think anybody thinks, you know, I'm going to go take a picture at the state capitol. Now, let's see. I've, I spent $3,000 on my D850. You know what? Forget that. That was a bad decision. I'm just going to bring my iPhone. No one does that. But it's the phone that you have with you. And before I get more into this, an update on the battery situation. So I've got the 6 Plus, as you know, mm-hmm. and it is slow as molasses. I mean, we're talking, you click the Instagram icon, 1001, 1002, and then sometimes it crashes. That's because sure. of the battery. So I went ahead and, and filled out the thing. And about five weeks later, Apple gets back to me and uh, they're like, your battery's in. You have you know a few days to make your appointment, et cetera. And um, I did that. I don't know when the appointment is yet. They haven't gotten back to me, but hopefully that'll be good as new because that's what I use when I'm out and I don't bring a camera with me. I don't always. Sometimes I bring my Sony RX100 Mark IV 
you know, mm-hmm. I've got my 511 Tactical. Boy, this is like, it's like NASCAR here. Mention all the sponsors and non-sponsors. I wish they sponsored me. So it's just so easy just to put that in one of the cargo pants pockets and have a better camera with you. But when something happens, you know, you go for the camera you have quickest, nearest to you. But in my case, with the 6 Plus, I swipe to do the camera and it's the same thing. 1001, 1002. Well, there goes that UFO. Don't have proof anymore. Yeah, right. Visitors finally came and showed yeah. themselves. They knew my phone was in poor condition because they know these things. They were dancing around. They were playing the flute. I have no evidence of this because of my darn phone. But no, where you're going with this and where we're going with this is there's all these companies, Moment, and I can't think of any others, but there's Moment who have these lenses that you can attach to your iPhone. And now they just came out with an anamorphic lens, which, right. you know, you've got you know, you've got your 16 by 9 or 16 by 10, I think it is in the iPhone's case, which is widescreen. But there's even more widescreen than that. And sometimes when you go to the movies, you see that it's not very high, but it's super, super wide. And so that's anamorphic. And the way they shoot that is everything is scrunched. It's a special lens that squeezes things. It's a 1.33x aspect ratio. Right. You know, horizontally, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's like 1 to 1.3, whatever it is. And then you unsqueeze it later or unstretch it if you want to call it that. And when you shoot anamorphic, you get these really cool flares, these like horizontal flares. and Yeah, the J.J. Abrams style. Yeah, it's just, it's a really cool look. And so a lot of movies, not all movies, but a lot of movies are shot that way. And you can now do that with your phone. It's not just the iPhone too, because it'll fit any moment case. You know, it has to be able to attach to your iPhone. So you need a special case or attachment to do that. And they came out with other things. They came out with an iPhone 10 battery case. Yes. And then there's a, a filter adapter and uh, oh, and then there was a counterbalance. So it's got like 60, 90 and 120 grams of counterbalance. So if you're using a DJI Osmo, you can put that on one side and counterbalance. So, you know, where things are going with mobile photography is if you are shooting with that and if you do have enough room in your pocket and you remember to bring it, these are all key. You can't use something you did not bring with you. Then you can do some cool things now. And why not? Yeah. And so like, again, you brought up moment and they did, they announced there on Monday. So if we air this episode on Tuesday, the prior Monday, not yesterday, but last Monday, uh, the Kickstarter came out with moment. And here's something that, that kind of, this is what, what grinds my gears. This is not necessarily anything to do per se with mobile photography, but I've seen this trend on Kickstarter. So again, they crowdfunded this and they said, oh, fully funded in 41 minutes. And that was their huge thing. Now here's what bothers me. Clearly, so Moment is no no new kid on the block. You know they've been around; people know them. And if you look at the Kickstarter, uh, the the goal was fifty thousand dollars. So of course, of course, you're going to fund it quickly. Especially, I mean, they did a good job with their marketing in terms of uh, hyping it up. You know, they had their little teasers like you want, you know, March 27th or whatever the day was you want to, you know, we've got something new. And then they, of course, went to Toronto where all these big YouTube photographers are like Peter McKinnon and stuff like that and did the whole kind of press tour, or I guess, YouTube press tour. So they built up hype there. And now uh, as of recording, I see they just broke a million dollars. So, you know, the funniest one, some companies just take that and and they make it a a joke. There's a company called Dbrand and uh, Dbrand makes skins for phones, for laptops, you know, basically these little adhesives that change the aesthetic of your phone. And I, I have a Dbrand skin on my laptop. I've, I like Dbrand. I like Dbrand primarily because of how they handle their social media and the marketing. So they had this product called the uh, grip which is a bumper case for all the most popular phones and they 
they had their goal their uh, their basically their their meat goal as one dollar which was brilliant because when they were all said and done they made several million dollars and so they were able to say we exceeded our goal by you know you know three million percent which is really funny but okay listen we we definitely went way off topic with that kickstarter thing but going back to what you were saying sharky Yes, it is really interesting to see the kind of the way some of these accessory companies are kind of backing into the photo space. So, you know, you have DJI, they make drones, but they have this Osmo Mobile, which is um, actually was one of our what's on your gear shelf picks from a few episodes ago. It's a great little device, you know, nice handheld gimbal for your phone. But you can see here with Moment, they've got filters and then, you know, bringing it over to Nisi. You remember, Sharky, those like little miniature lenses, like Canon lenses that are actually USB devices. You pull the end off and there's a little USB port. So Nisi came out with something. When I saw it, I thought it was like a kind of like a novelty gift, like something you, you know, just kind of like like a miniature USB stick. But actually, it's this miniature ND filter system. Uh, Nisi is a Chinese company and they make these optical accessories. And so they have this whole system in place, this little clip-on system that goes on top of your phone. And because it's clip-on, it doesn't rely like Moment where you have to get a proprietary case for each phone. It's just a clip-on, fits over the lens of your camera, and uh, you can actually slide in filters, which is really interesting. But Sharky, do you see yourself, like I know you just said what your take is on mobile photography, but do you see yourself ever saying, man, I wish I had a graduated neutral density filter for my iPhone 6 Plus? What do you think? No, I know. <laughs> like, I, know. I mean, who's this for? It's for somebody who doesn't want to bring a fancy, expensive camera with them. Think about it. So let's say you are, I don't know, let's say you're going on a camping trip or you're going hiking or skiing and you don't want a $3,000 camera with lenses and all this nonsense with you that you would take when you're slowing down and you're shooting more considered, right? You know, like it's that's your focus right there. No pun intended. These things are for when you want to do those things, but not bring your heavy, expensive gear. Like I said, you're going to have, whether you're going skiing or whatever, you're going to have your phone with you. So why not bring a smaller lens kit, etc., clip-on, so you can get those cool shots wherever you're going, but not put at risk thousands of dollars worth of equipment. I think that's who it's for. It's the people that are out there. It's for the people that are out there. Let's just leave it there. No, just kidding. Yeah. It's for the people that just don't want to bring their camera with them, but want to have these capabilities. And there's clearly a market for it if they've reached a million dollars already. I mean, come on. That right there is proof well, of concept. Yeah. With Moment, I applaud Moment. In I actually, I applaud both companies because they're really trying to to bring like really crowbar in these accessories that photographers, full-fledged photographers have taken for granted, for lack of better words, for years. ND filters and circular polarizer filters, anamorphic lenses, maybe not so much, but to kind of almost create this cottage industry. For me, I don't know. I've tried and we've actually, well, no, let me rephrase. We've talked about me going on trips and not bringing a laptop and only editing my photos on, on an iPad or an iPhone which never happened. But for instance, I'm going to, when this, when this episode airs, I'll be in Portland, Oregon for the week. And I can tell you straight up, not for a second have I ever considered. I've considered when in packing my gear, like, okay, maybe I won't bring my big tripod. I'm going to bring my travel tripod, which is smaller and lighter, that kind of stuff. Like maybe I don't need all these lenses. I'll just bring two lenses type of thing. But I just don't know of anyone you know, I've seen some of these posts recently where directors have made movies just using an iPhone. 
And to me, it almost seems like they're doing that just so they can say they did it. They did it with an iPhone with this filter or whatever. And I don't know that that's necessarily the best rationale. Well, there's a movie out right now from Steven Soderbergh yes. called Unsane, and it was shot entirely on the iPhone, probably an iPhone 10 or, or something. And it, seriously, so, you know, he's done these kind of things before outside the box kind of things like this. He has access to the best equipment that money can buy. It's a gimmick to shoot on an iPhone. It's like, look what I can do. I don't know. Maybe he has a tie in financially with Apple. I don't know. But it's definitely making Apple super happy. Sure. Absolutely. Back in the original days of Instagram, where it was very much, you know, in the kind of spirit of Instagram, where all the photos you posted were photos that you took with your mobile phone. And of course, that has since, I don't know if you want to say, been adulterated, but it's uh, evolved. Maybe evolve evolution kind of connotes that it's gone for the better. Maybe it's devolved or something, but it's now uh, Instagram's just another platform for your photos, your, your portfolio of sorts. So the whole mobile side of it, that spirit of taking photos as they're happening and posting them Instagram, that's gone. And so I don't know if this is trying these filters are creating a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like are people, are there mobile photographers who have been clamoring for an anamorphic lens, you know, with a, you know, 2.4 to one aspect ratio. And, and, you know, man, I really wish, you know, would really tie this room together on my iPhone is if I had a circular polarizer and a soft grad ND filter for my iPhone lens. I just don't see that as something that people have been uttering. Listen, here's what it's all about. So Like I said, you already own the device. So if you have an iPhone or an Android device, whatever, you've got the ability to shoot pretty darn decent video. And most of the time, it's going to end up on YouTube in 1080p, maybe 4K, especially, you know, these days, increasingly 4K. So think about skaters and, you know, kids that are doing uh, whatever kind of activity. Right. This is for them. This is for the younger crowd. You and I are older. We would use maybe better tools, but this is what they want to use. They don't have to go drop a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars on a camera when they already have their iPhone. So having the ability to do anamorphic or do these other things is great. It's extending what they already have. That's the market for it. So it's not a it's not a product that's looking for, you know, a solution or or whatever. It's an actual legit thing. People don't necessarily want to buy a separate camera to do what they can do just fine. Good enough is good enough with their phone. They've got these DJI Osmos like you do. So why not add if you're why did you get it? You got it so you can use your phone to do video, right? So why not be able to put an ND on there or shoot anamorphic? That's all it is. You're just being a curmudgeon. You're being more of a curmudgeon than me. No, no. Listen, I totally get what you're saying. I just don't necessarily know if I buy it. Meaning if there's a up and coming, you know, scrappy videographer or cinematographer, we're not even talking about photos. You know, maybe maybe we could with the, the Nisi filters. But even then. I don't see someone, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe you're right, maybe I'm out of touch or something, but I just don't see someone kind of like stopping and you're, I see you nodding, uh, but I don't see a, a, you know, one of these young bucks kind of just like, you know, stopping with the phone and saying, oh, I'm just going to get some of these accessories. I see them going and getting like an RX 105 or an A6300 or a Canon, you know, something that has a little bit more functionality, maybe uh, something that allows you to switch lenses, even though with moment, technically you kind of can adapt the lens to be wider and macro and stuff. But I don't know. I would be interested to hear from the audience. Well, then again, I I think you and I both can 
can guess that more of the audience probably is on the camera side than the mobile side. But listen, it's just obviously there's a market for this if they're selling them like crazy. Yeah. You know, so it is what it is. The market is big enough to support it. People obviously want this. It's available to you. It's an option. If you don't want to buy a camera, you've already got your phone. Like I said, then you can add these things to it and then you're good to go. Are we going to do it? Not necessarily, but we might get it. We have duplicates of this and that. We've got multiple ways to shoot the things that we want to shoot, right? Different kinds of cameras, different kinds of lenses. We have options. And like I said, if you're going somewhere, you're hiking, whatever, you don't want to bring your heavy camera and it's just going to end up on YouTube in fairly low quality. You know, it's not going to be on the big screen. You would use something like this because it's going to lighten your load. That's the use case for it. Sure. Well, I know you're going to say probably we beat this to death. (laughs) We did. We beat this to death. And I, I was excited when I saw both of these different companies with kind of different products come out very recently, you know, within each uh, short amount of time, whereas like, you know what, this is something worth revisiting. So uh, with that, another topic that where we've had two different posts from two different hubs come out has to do with do photographers uh, need to have or should they have a blog? And uh, I think it's a great question. I think it's it's something that you can ask that question six months from now, you know, six months ago, you know, from now. And it's still very relevant. So Sharky, you have a website, right? But is that something you're actively managing? I'm just managing my life right now, trying to deal with everything I need to deal with in life. You know, I'm trying to, I need to land some planes, as they say, and uh, lighten, lighten the load. But I do know that, you know, as someone who has seen your website, but also follows you on social media, I know for a fact you are more active on Instagram, for example, than you are on lenshark.com. Yeah, it's so much easier to do so. And I do plan to blog in the future. I do plan to have the email newsletter go out eventually and do that. Like I said, I just need to lighten the load because right now things are crazy. Got a lot of things going on, but I am going to do that. And I think that photographers need to have a blog. And the reason why is, and they talked about this in the article, as I was reading it, I was thinking this in my head and they thankfully addressed that. You don't control these other platforms. You don't control, hello, MySpace. Does anybody use MySpace anymore? You know, Facebook's had its problems recently. You don't have the reach. We've talked about this before that you used to have. So you don't have a way to reach the people who follow you. So whether you have a local photography business and you're trying to reach the people in your local community, remind them that you exist, etc., that's getting harder and harder to do. Back in the day, they would go to your blog. They would bookmark it. I bookmark. I never go to my bookmarks. I've got thousands of bookmarks. I never go to them. And I think most people are like that. We just don't have the time. Unless you pop up in my feed, I might forget about you. Just like you talked about Dave Morrow last week. You totally forgot about him until the recent story about him. So that's an uphill battle for photographers. I think you need to have someplace, a home base that is yours, and that's your website. And it's just part of the puzzle. It's not going to be the entire puzzle. There's never going to be a day where it'll be all about your website again. Social media is here forever. It might be something like Vero, which we don't use. (laughs) We talked about it and we don't use it. I don't think many people are using it like in that two-day period where everyone was all about it. It was like Bitcoin. Right. You know, it was like such, oh, I got to be on Vero. I'm on Vero. Follow me. And then it's like, oh, I forgot to update my Vero. Yeah. And so it's just going to be part of the puzzle. There'll be other social media things that will come and go and you should be on them and follow that and just be cognizant of where things are going. But your home base is your website. So you should direct people back there as it makes sense to do so. 
put a photo on social media and say, if you want to see the rest of the set, click here to go to my site. And then you can do through code and stuff. You can have the little notifications thing pop up and it'll let you know. But people just kind of ignore notifications and I don't know. You just have to try your best. There really is no solution, but you should have a blog. Every photographer, especially if you're trying to get business, you should have a website. It doesn't hurt to blog. When you do put up a set of photos, then you can go and post that to your social media accounts and people will consume it wherever they consume it. That's just how it is. Yeah. I think you the the key point you made in terms of ultimately if all of your if the kind of body of work that you've put out on the internet has solely been on social media. You have absolutely no control over that. It's still your photo. We're not going to go down the whole copyright rabbit hole. However, you do not have any control. I mean, little to none. You have no control over the aesthetics. You have no control over the format of the post. So for example, you know, one of the things I love about my blog, and I've had a blog for, I don't know how long now, but it's something that I would never dream of getting rid of is I can control if I want to have a blurb and then a photo and a blurb and a video with a photo next to it. You know, I can format it however I want. Then also, like you said, not that I expect anything like Facebook to collapse anytime soon, but recently, I mean, their stock has been completely tanking. Uh, They're in all sorts of trouble legally in the UK and the US and their their whole, not that people, that they had the the rosiest outlook as it was, but people are, are this whole delete Facebook campaign, this hashtag is, has gotten some serious momentum uh, with like, you know, Tesla and uh, the Elon Musk companies. He deleted their Facebook pages. Playboy deleted their Facebook page insofar as they don't want to be necessarily complicit with what's going on. But that's another thing. For me, it, this is more, um, this stuff that I'm going to talk about is I'm speaking to our audience of photographers who are more interested in building a brand. And if you are solely leveraging social media to kind of build your brand, there are very few people who do that, and you have to be very ruthless about it. And to me, it it just it's a huge turnoff the way I see some photographers who are just whoring themselves out on social media and just just to get followers because somehow they can translate that into something else. But you get no real SEO and SEO search engine optimization right now. Still, Google is king. No matter what, when you when you have a question about something. You go to Google. You don't go to Facebook, although that, you know, with news that is changing. But with, if you want to learn about something, you Google it. And SEO, search engine optimization, is that whole entire kind of algorithm and practice of, all right, based on how well you have managed your blog and how well you've kind of customized it for SEO, will your web page appear in the top 10, the, the, the holy grail, top 10, basically the first page? Or, you know, are, where do you rank? If I do a search for, Oregon waterfalls, you know, or how to shoot waterfalls. Where will my pages rank? And I'll tell you right now, spoiler alert, if all your stuff is only on Facebook or, or, you know, Twitter, you're done for, you know, because Facebook will get all of that, all of that benefit, which is why it's so important because at the, and you said it yourself when you said MySpace Sharky, let's say Facebook goes down. What happens? You have no website. And so there is a little bit of a learning curve. But it's such, to me, it is such a rewarding process, Sharky, to, ma- to maintain my own website, control everything about it. Every two years or so, I refresh the design, or, you know, like a large scale theme redesign. And I know that at the end of the day, I will never have the kind, the potential reach if I, as a, you know, on an Instagram or on Facebook. But at the end of the day, when people come to my website, 
they are not competing in terms of seeing other people's content. You know, one quick uh, thing from Brian and then, you know, all these other things. It's all of my stuff. And that is a big thing, Sharky. And it's not just that you're at the whim of, you know, Facebook could be not in favor anymore. Look at how, you know, Snapchat, uh, one of the Kardashians or whatever, Jenner's, Kylie Jenner was just done with it and their stock tanked and millions of people left, et cetera, is also you could get hacked and then or you could violate the terms or someone report you and there goes your account. So all you really control is what you have ownership of. And that's your website. You know, look at how many people have YouTube channels and they had great reach. They were doing awesome. And then all of a sudden YouTube changes things up and you're not found anymore. You know, I always relate it to like podcasting. You own the RSS feed. So if you're used to, let's say, a million people coming to your, you know, listening to your podcast, you can count on that probably being a million next episode and million in the next one. With YouTube, you could have like five viewers on one, a million and a half on the other. So you really can't control things when you can't control things. Right. And but you got to be everywhere. You just like I said, you got to do your best and just roll with it and not worry about it so much. And don't pay to appear somewhere. Don't buy followers. None of that nonsense. Yeah. I mean, for me, you can have a website and still have a social media presence. There are all sorts of really cool utilities. And I talked about this, I think, in the last episode with Buffer. And um, we're not sponsored by Buffer, um, but then there are a host of other utilities. But basically, you know, if you want to focus on creating content on your website, there are utilities. I use WordPress. I think you do too, Sharky, right? Absolutely. And so there, you know, WordPress has a very, very extensive list of plugins that you can install one of which I use is called Buffer. And I have it so that when I create a new post right before I publish it, I can have it set out to all of my accounts. Uh, so it can go to Twitter, it can go to face my Facebook page, my Facebook profile, and go to LinkedIn. And for each of those posts, I can control if I want to change the, the body of the post around, I can do that. And yes, you know, a lot of these social networks will dock you in terms of like, they don't want you to put a link that will bring someone out, you know, make them leave the platform, but I'm okay with that. I don't care because ultimately it's just something that at the very least it keeps the kind of the the heart pumping, my social media heart pumping. Right now I'm I'm in this very and I don't know if you, you know how you feel Shark, I want to get your take on this, but I'm very disenchanted with social media. It's just kind of becoming uh it's not fun anymore. And I know that that might sound very immature to say, but there was a point where for me social media was really fun. It was a place where I can go and and get inspired and just get me all revved up to create. And now it's become more of a psychological drain, an emotional drain where I just I just don't want to do it. And that's where my website really is a kind of a, a, a salve where it's just because I know that that's mine. It's my little tiny little slice of the internet. You know, I paid to have it hosted. I use WP Engine, um, which is kind of pricey, but worth every penny um, to host my website. Uh, and I use Google domains to manage my domain. To me, that is a great thing, and it really allows you to uh, spend time crafting a post. And this is something that Dave Morrow said. You know, he spends days or weeks really crafting a single post, and that helps big time with SEO, search engine optimization. Everyone needs to decide 
what the best route is for them. So what's going to be good for you isn't going to be good for me, isn't going to be good for somebody who shoots weddings. Just do what makes sense. Put some thought into it. Think about what we said. Do a little bit more research and be everywhere, like I said. And, you know, so I do different things on Twitter. I don't put photos on Twitter. I do the announcements for, you know, the post, you know, when an episode goes up for those that aren't already subscribed. It's just a reminder. Right. You know, it's just a kind of thing you do. I do the same thing on my Sharky James Facebook page on Instagram. You know, it's just it's the wild, wild west over there for me. I'm doing all kinds of things. And what I'm really doing most of is stories over there because I find that more enjoyable. I like to ask people how they think about this or that and take a poll. I like to put goofy things there. Now you can do gifts again. They brought that back. So you can do the all kinds of crazy things. It's more fun. I find it enjoyable. That makes sense for me. So just do what works for you and just don't stress about it too much. There's enough stress in life as it is. You know, the fear of missing out. You can't be you can't be everywhere well unless you have like no job. So just do whatever you have time for. Totally. And you bring up an interesting point as you were saying that the whole why you, you know, why you spend your time on Instagram with stories. And that goes back almost to what I was saying earlier about the the original spirit of Instagram with kind of it being very lo-fi, very kind of like ad hoc in the moment. And that's what you see with stories. Why I also like them a lot is, yes, there are people, myself included, who I've created content for my stories outside of Instagram where they're the, 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 if it's a short video or something, it follows the aspect ratio and it's a higher production value. But for the most part, I would say, you know, eight to nine out of 10 stories that I post are very much these kind of, uh, you know, ragtag kind of, like I said, lo-fi stuff. And um, when you, same thing with you, when you do these polls and stuff, you see, I like that because it's kind of, there's something very whimsical about it. And that's where I think, you know, a lot of social media, where the magic is Um, with your website, that's more, I would say, methodical. uh, And it really allows you to control exactly what, what your brand looks like or who you are as a photographer. But with that, Sharky, I also think we kind of beat this one down. What do you say? It is so dead. It's come back to life as a zombie. No, it's done. It comes back to life as a question. And what's that question, Brian? (laughs) That question is, what's on your gear shelf? What's on my gear shelf this week is something I've had for a while now. I love this thing. I don't always bring this with me. You're talking about things to use with your iPhone, your smartphone. It's the Insta360 One. Now, full disclosure, they sent this to me a while back. This is a pre-production model. I remember when you got that. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. It's a cool thing. Every time I leave the house, like uh, if you st- if you ever find me out in the wild, which isn't all that often because I'm usually here at Podcast Central, right? You will always find. ask me, do you have gaffer tape on you? Yes. Yes, I do. I always have a little roll of gaffer tape because you never know when you need that. And I always have my Insta360 Nano, which came before the Insta360 One. And the reason why I bring that one is because it's smaller, it's lighter. What I don't like about it is you have to take the case off your iPhone to attach that. And there's an Insta360, I can't remember what the Air, I think it's called. Yeah, Insta360 Air. That's the one for Android devices. And it plugs into your lightning port on your iPhone or the USB-C or 3 or whatever, C3PO port, that one, R2D2 slash tilde something port. But you have to take your case off, and that makes me nervous. Sure. That's a bad thing. I like to keep it in the case. So with the Insta360 One, which is more expensive, it's like twice as expensive. It's about $300. 
you know, there's a thing that flips out. You put it in your where the lightning plug is and you don't have to take the case off. However, if you flick your thumb or whatever, it's going to go tumbling. Thus, gaffer tape. Gaffer tape fixes everything. So with this device, you can shoot, you know, UHD 4K video and it's a 360 capture. It's awesome. You can also do 24 megapixel photos, by the way, but, you know, tiny sensor, you know, it's not going to be the best. What's really cool about this device, and this was the hype behind it, is it comes with a cord and you can whip it around you and it stitches everything together and you do that bullet time effect. Now, that's a gimmick. You're going to do that on occasion. You're not going to go to your local, I don't know, your local museum and whip this thing around. Not unless you want to smack somebody upside the head. Oh, sorry, Bob. That's going to be awkward for the family reunion. But you don't want to do that. You're not going to use it in all cases either. But if you want to shoot 360 degree video with this, it's pretty darn awesome. The stitching is amazing. Now, if the sun's in the sky and, and it's you know super bright, you're going to see where the line is. But you can, it's not perfect. This is still the early days of this. But what's really great is they have the uh, free capture software. And what you can do is you do a 360 degree capture and then you can decide what you want to show in that frame as a 1080p video. It's not going to be 4K. So it's almost like capturing everything and then deciding later as a director, as it were, what you want to show. Right. But, you know, just like GoPro, you're not going to be shooting this all darn day long and have all this footage to deal with. Bust it out. Press the record button when you actually want to record something that you're actually going to sit down and edit. Otherwise, it's pointless. Yeah. And it, but it's just so easy to do with the app. You can do that tiny, you know, small world effect. You know who's really doing a great job using this? He's a um, Olympus visionary. His name is Mike Baining. He is doing a great, great job using this 360 stuff. He's just blowing my mind with it. So you definitely want to look him up. It's Mike B O E N I N G, I believe. I know it's Baining. Not sure about the spelling. You'll find him. But anyways, that's my pick. The Insta 361. It's 300, not Insta 361, Insta 360 space one. Don't type in Insta 361. You're not going to find it. But I would recommend if you want to have something that you're always going to bring with you, the Nano. The Air is round though. So that might, that's too bulbous. You're not going to put that in your pocket. We're talking about iPhone devices that you may or may not bring with you. It has to make sense for you. If you're not going to bring it with you, why are you buying it? Right. So there you go. What's on your gear shelf, Brian? Well, I mean, just a before I jump to mine, I, I 360 has been one of those things where I've I've gone back and forth on. It has some very uh, interesting creative opportunities in my mind, especially if uh, I want to create more uh, of these kind of video tutorials. I love doing the in the field stuff. You know, before I show you how I edit a photo, I would love the opportunity to show you walking to that scene. 360 just seems like one of those perfect uh, applications for that. So. Very cool. And I, like I said, I remember when you got it. Uh, so it's cool that you brought it back. For me, my pick this week, if you go back 10 episodes to episode 21, I had a pick, which was the WD Western Digital um, 4 terabyte My Passport Wireless Pro. And since then, similar to you, disclaimer, uh, WD and G Technology, of which I am a, an ambassador of, are owned by the same parent company. So I do some cool work with them and with SanDisk, which is the third company and G Technology. Anyway, when I got the My Passport Wireless Pro originally, my two biggest complaints, or I guess my feedback, one was that it wasn't SSD. At this point, everything I have now is SSD. And that's fantastic for so many reasons because no moving parts and it's significantly faster than, than optical drives. So uh, there was that. And then also it wasn't quite rugged. 
because I was used to using the the G Technology um, EV ATC, their all-terrain case, which is very rugged. So they sent me just a couple of days ago the My Passport Wireless SSD. This was announced back in January, I think at CES actually, and I finally got one. And um, same basic concept. So uh, this is the thing where this is a two terabyte SSD drive and it has a little SD card slot built into it. So, and also USB. The premise is, and this is also kind of for the hybrid uh, photographer slash kind of mobile editing, where when I'm traveling, all I need to do is pop the SD card out of my camera, put it into here, and it automatically initiates a full backup. And then it'll be incremental after that. But it's just this kind of super simple backup solution. But what's better is that it also has a Wi-Fi wireless radio so that I can pair my phone or my tablet or my laptop to this drive, use the app, and then access all the photos on there. So if I, And what's cool is they recently updated the app to support RAW. So it doesn't just show you the JPEGs. You actually view and download the RAW files and edit them in Lightroom Mobile or Snapseed or Visco or whatever your kind of photo editing app of choice is. So. SSD, that was one big thing. And also it's more rugged. The, you, you don't actually uh, need uh, anything. It's, it's kind of got this really nice kind of rubberized shell. So um, that's my pick for this. And again, just uh, in full disclaimer, uh, WD provided this to me, but is not paying me. I didn't get a single cent for this. I just kind of got sent it so I can give it a whirl and I'm going to re- uh, create a review for it as well. Awesome. How much does that go for? So this is, uh, you know, you're going to get a little bit of sticker shock here. And again, <laughs> very very thankful to WD for providing it, but according to B and H, it's uh, this weighs in the two terabyte model weighs in at eight hundred dollars. Oh no problem! Forget that yeah. lens I was going to buy. <laughs> Anything SSD is going to cost a good chunk of change for Absolutely. a number of years, but there are benefits to it. It's not for everybody. It's one of those things you get when you really, really need it, and you need to make sure everything's rock solid, and you're going to pay for that quality costs. And and they do have different sizes. So I, I'm checking right now. The 250 gigabyte is 230 dollars. 500 gigabytes is 300 dollars. So I, I mean, I would to double the capacity for a 70 dollar price difference is definitely worth it. And then there's a one terabyte which is 500, and then the aforementioned two terabyte which is 800 dollars. There you go. So you know, if you're shooting landscapes, you can get one of the small ones. If you're crazy and spray and pray, or you've got the hookup like Mr. Brian Matias does, then you get the best one, the most expensive one. You only live once. YOLO. YOLO. It's been, YOLO's been gone for a while. I just resurrected it. This was the moment right here. Nice job. All right. So, Brian, I think this was a great episode. If I do say so myself, what do you say? I'd, I agree with you. I'd say so as well. I think it was a lot of good food for thought for the audience. It was yummy. People are going to feast on it. They're gonna, you're not going to have any indigestion later, promise. So, Brian, why don't you tell people where they can find us and where they can find you specifically? Happily. So, Sharky, of course, um, everyone can find us and get access to the show notes with all of the relevant links, like the $800 WT My Passport wireless SSD at nonamephotoshow.com. And on the socials, we're at nonamephotoshow myself. So we talked about websites. My website is matias.com, M-A-T-I-A-S-H.com. And on the socials, I'm at Brian Matias, B-R-I-A-N-M-A-T-I-A-S-H, pretty much everywhere. Sharky, how about you? That uh, that pick of yours, that's the Daddy Warbucks version right there. So if you have deep pockets, that's the one. 
we're pretty good. And I will say, I think uh, hopefully the audience will give us a little bit of, a, of slack here. I think we do a really good job of providing picks that are reasonably priced that people may not think about. It's easy. We can say, yeah, A7R3, that's my pick, you know, $3,000 later. So, uh, you know, but I do, this is something that I used the other one and I'm very excited. But anyway, Sharky, where can people find you? <laughs> well, before they can find me, Brian, I'm going to say people can go to nonamephotoshow.com and there's a link on there to our gear shelf picks for every single episode. So if you're looking for something to inspire you or you're looking for something to buy someone else or treat yourself, you'll see a link right there. And it's, you know, it's the acronym for what's on your gear shelf or whatever it is. It's W-O-Y-G-S. You'll see it. Yogs. Definitely click it and check it out. I go there before every episode to make sure I don't pick the same darn thing twice. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. 31 episodes <laughs> in now. We're going to hit everything pretty soon. We're going to just have to start. This show's going to get expensive. We're going to have to start buying things just to have a gear pick. I don't know. Right. Or maybe people will send us stuff. Brands, if you want to reach out, we will consider it. So I'm talking to you, Lamborghini. What better way to carry your gear than in a Lamborghini where you can fit like one camera and one lens. That's awesome. So anyhow, if you want to follow me, I host the Petapixel Photography Podcast, of course. Petapixel.com slash podcast. Type in Petapixel, P-E-T-A-P-I-X-E-L into your favorite podcatcher. Perhaps what you're listening to this show in now. I'm Lens Shark, not Lens Shark. Lens Shark on all the social medias that matter. And you know what, Brian? I think it's time to clap it out. What do you think? Let's do it. All right, here we go. One two we'll fix it in post yeah love you brother love you too bye bye thanks so much for listening to the no name photo show sharky and i would be thrilled if you would subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using and tell a friend how about we do this again next episode yeah let's do that